Welcome to the Unleash Your Inner Bold podcast. Get ready to learn new ways to think differently about growth, leadership, and your brain. I'm your host, Barbara Gustafson. Let's get started. An American writer, James Riley, once said, the most essential factor is persistence, the determination never to allow your energy or enthusiasm to be dampened by the discouragement that must inevitably come. And a word that comes to mind with this episode's special guest is persistence. And I think you'll quickly recognize that too when you hear his story. But before I have him share, let me give you a glimpse of Gordon. In the past 25 years, Gordon Duncan taught in the public school system. He also managed eye clinics, led sales teams, consulted in the vinyl fencing industry. He planted churches. He was a ghostwriter, advised clients on social media, and published books on theology, church, eye care, and culture. In his book, Joy and Trials, on the Book of Ruth, charted in four different countries, and his book, Practice Progress, charted in five, and each spent time at number one in the Amazon categories of Old Testament and optometry. And recently, his book, How to Attract Clients, broke into the Amazon sales bestseller list. Gordon earned a bachelor's degree in English from East Carolina University, and a master's degree in religion from Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte. He is co-owner and CEO of Capitalized Marketing and Consulting and Church Training Partners. And despite epilepsy, he is passionate about running, having run over two dozen marathons and is a 2019 and 21 Boston Marathon qualifier. And Gordon has been happily married to Amy for over 20 years and is the proud father of three wonderful girls. So Gordon, welcome. Thank you so much. It's always uh, it's always awkward to have those read back to you, but thank you so much. Absolutely. The, the quote at the beginning. Thank you. I mean, it's a ton. Thank you. Yes. And as I'm sharing your bio, I'm thinking, is there anything you haven't done? Oh, That's tons. just amazing. I've got a huge to-do list, but <laughs> thank you. That's great. I love it. So I've shared some of your background. Tell us a little more about what led you to your current role. At Capitalized Marketing? Sure. Yes. Um, you know, um, I've always been a starter. I mean, that I think a lot of that had to do with being the youngest of five and selling candy at, in high schools and <laughs> trying to make money and that kind of thing. And putting myself through college uh, made me a bit of an entrepreneur and my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, but when I was managing the eye clinic in 1999, I wanted to go to seminary. I wanted to get my master's degree. And so it required me to eventually break off and start my own business so that I could devote my time to finishing uh, my degree. And that started out with consulting in the eye care industry. And then I was fortunate because I was right there in that tech hub of the dot-com in uh, Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina. So I really got to see the internet start and I got to see it grow. And uh, I just fell in love with uh, social media and marketing. And so I'm a self-learner, so I'm just reading tons of books. And so ultimately in this uh, in August this past year, um, I stepped away from the church that I had planted and it was, it was wonderful. They're great folks. Everything was peaceful, but it just felt like it was the time to go uh, full steam with capitalized marketing. And so all of that came together and we launched full time in August uh, with my co-owner Vince. 
and I am having an absolute blast. I really am. Wonderful. And obviously you were, you know, selling candy as a kid, you were entrepreneur at heart, um, no doubt. Mm -hmm. And when I met with you a few months ago to get to know you, I could quickly tell you are an avid reader, you love to learn and you have a lot of things on your list to do, uh, which I love. Uh, so obviously, you've have accomplished a lot in your life. Tell us more about your journey with epilepsy. You know, I appreciate that. Um, uh, you're asking. The, the first seizure I'm aware that I had um, was um, when I was 43 years old. So I'm 50 now. And that's really late to have seizures. Um, and uh, as a child, I had several head injuries. Um, I broke my nose seven times. I was knocked unconscious three times, um, all before the sixth grade. And part of it was just having more energy than my little body could contain and, and being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but really the only ongoing damage from that at that point in time was, you know, broken noses and that kind of thing. But in 2012, both my parents passed within a, a four month time frame. My father died from a heart condition and my mother died in a car crash. And I began having um, what I learned were called silent seizures or partial complex seizures, which is really more of my being in a conversation with you and freezing or being absent or maybe speaking in such a way that I'm not aware of. Um, so I, I'm partially aware. That's why they're called partial complex. I mean, they're not grand mal, um, but I am losing control of some of my functions. And the best my neurologist, and I had a fantastic neurologist who helped me with this, but the best the neurologist could explain was that the, the damage, which we can see, which is in my left frontal lobe, um, had been there my entire life um, since those early childhood traumas. Uh, but going through that year of losing both my parents and we moved to Virginia and so many things that that in and of itself was another trauma and that triggered the damage that I had already had. And so that was when I began to have seizures. Um, so between ages 43 and 44, um, it was an awful experience. Um, it was awful. I was having seizures all the time. I, I was here to start a church. I was still trying to, to do my businesses. I'm trying to be a father and a, a husband. Um, I mean, so my brain just didn't work. I lost control of my brain. Um, I'd have to sleep a lot through the day. Um, and the meds were a mess because they put you on a med and when it doesn't work, they take you off, but they simultaneously put you on another one. And I really felt like I was losing a lot of who I was. And in addition, I went from running three seizures, uh, three, excuse me, three marathons in 2012 to barely being able to run a mile. And I mean, it really was all taken away from me. And uh, it was an awful experience. I mean, um, being out of control is not something I don't think anybody enjoys, but uh, I especially <laughs> don't like it. Um, but that was, the, that was the experience of walking into the seizures. Um, I was cared for very well by my family and Amy and my girls. Um, I had a fantastic neurologist who um, helped me a, a ton recognize what was going on and eventually found the right medicine. But that was what it was like for them to, to begin. Yeah. Wow. And I appreciate you sharing that. It's interesting that um, a lot of these injury, injuries happened when you were younger, but 
the effects of it, full effects of it didn't show until later, and it was triggered through a trauma. Mm -hmm. We are so resilient, um, but our brains can only take so much, you know, it can go and go and go, but then it reaches its capacity. And you said a statement, I was losing who I was. And I would imagine at the time you said you were, I think, growing a church when this happened. What was going through your mind, just because I would imagine you're in a big growth period, you know, with the church, and then this happened, did you question yourself or um, what was going through your it's, mind? It's a great question. So we got here in, in Virginia in January of 2013, and uh, we had a small group of people who were interested in starting the church. And so what that looks like to start a church is a lot of meetings with the group, individual Bible studies, beginning to meet with people one-on-one, -on -one, and then, of course, trying to get out to the community as much as possible to let people know we're starting a church and simultaneously I'm still working some on the side because you know, you're starting a church. And um, I remember two moments specifically. Uh, I remember being at a Bible study and we're in, and, and for any other reason, I would be incredibly excited. There's like 13, 14 people in the room and I'm leading the study. And I had asked a question and various people were answering. And there was a moment where internally I told myself, I have no idea what's going on right now. I don't know what I just asked. I really don't know what these people are saying, and I don't know what I'm going to do next. And so it was terrifying. I mean, it was absolutely, like, I, I didn't know what was going on. And I, I handled it well enough. Like, I, at that point in time, I didn't know they were seizures. I mean, I, I just thought I'm losing something here. Um, but I remember preaching early on and having a seizure in the middle of the sermon. And to the congregation, funny enough, some thought I was just kind of caught up in the moment, you know, but there was a doctor in the crowd and he pulled me aside and he said, you just had a, you just had what's called a silent seizure. You need to go see this doctor at this hospital Wow. and you need, and he will help you. And uh, it was a real mercy. And I think the early crowd that we helped gather was very gracious towards me, um, understanding that, um, the doctor put a lot in place to change that and to heal me. And that included my eating patterns, sleeping patterns. Water, I mean, everything changed. And it, and it took, I mean, it took a lot for people to, to make that adjustment from me because I'd always run with such energy and, and, and passion and, and it just had to change. And, and there's still things even to this day that I do to cope with it. Wow. And the thing is through our life, um, whether we're leaders or, or parents, um, helpers in the community, we can go and accomplish a lot, but there comes a time that we're going to have a turning point, whether mm -hmm. it's a health crisis or, um, we lose someone, but often we'll have a wake up call or we'll be at the point where we can't ignore what's happening. Um, but I look at times in my health and we've talked about brain health cause it's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're both passionate about it, but I can look back in times um, before things got tough and realize that they were little, um, I call them whispers, um, mm -hmm. just my body telling me that I needed to change something. And I ignored those signs. Yes. And I, I really believe we, when we don't listen, you know, it communicates louder in some way <laughs> until we can hear it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's a quote, and I have it on my um, wallet, at my desk, um, and at work, it says, listen to the whisper or wait for the two by four. <laughs> and it's something oh, it's I, yeah, yes. it is one of those, it's like, whoa, I, I need to really listen sooner than later. Um, so people often, and I've talked to others who they have these amazing goals or, or they found their purpose and they're, 
they're moving forward and gaining traction. And sometimes there'll be a turning point or a crisis and they'll wonder what's going on. You know, Mm -hmm. did I do something or maybe I'm not meant to do this? That can get very discouraging. So if you can tell us, you know, what helped you get through this, you know, a little bit further down the road and, and what did you start doing differently from that point on? Um, well, uh, thank you. I, I know that, first of all, I couldn't have got through it without the support of, of Amy and my girls and, and their willingness to, to look out for me and reminding me of some of the things I'll share with you that the doctor encouraged me to do. Um, you know, uh, my faith in, in, in Jesus was absolutely essential because uh, there were moments like I, I wondered, like, am I going to have this career? Like I, I came up, I moved my family from North Carolina like, can I actually do this anymore? And when I couldn't make it through the day without just going to bed, I just wondered what, what, what is the future? Um, but, uh, initially all I cared about is like, can I start running again? Um, and I was struggling. Um, but my doctor did some great things with me, some things that, um, I don't know if every doctor does, but mine did. Um, first of all, he said, if you don't get regular sleep, you're going to have a lobotomy one day. He said, and, and I have met people with my condition who've had that lobotomy and function, um, and even to this day, I mean, Amy will say, I don't know if you're getting enough sleep and, uh, cause I'm an early riser. When I wake up, I just get up. And so it's not uncommon for me to wake up at 4:45 or something, which means you got to get to bed early. So sleep, um, uh, was absolutely essential. Um, so it changed the way I end my evenings. I end my evenings now every night, uh, on, on the floor doing 20, 25 minutes of yoga and stretching to just try to calm myself down. Um, uh, uh, I have not had a soda in seven or eight years. Like it's, I, oh. I drink a lot more water because the brain craves hydration yes. and, and, and I love coffee. So I'm going to have to figure out where to, <laughs> I'm going to have to balance that out. Of course. Um, but as the, as we found the right medicine, the doctor then went to another stage of recovery. And this is where it really made a difference because I, I think he could have just said, okay, you're not having active seizures anymore. The, I still have them, but the brain's dampened. The, the meds dampen the effect, but he said, let's, let's go another step. And he laid out an entire diet, an entire dietary plan for me. And he gave me, he said, go home and read all this. And I went home and read it all. And so essentially um, excess carbs and sugars are poison for the brain. And they just are, I mean, the brain, they just choke the brain out. And I, my brain doesn't need that. My brain needs as much clarity and as peace and as hydration as possible. So initially, um, you know, you cut out all alcohol, you, you, you cut out as much, uh, you know, as many bready carbs as you can, as many sugars, and, uh, and it, it transformed my health. It really did. Um, it began to give me a lot of clarity back. I could tell I had clarity because I could write um, either sermons or books without the struggle that I was having, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I if Amy makes dessert, I'm going to eat it tonight. But the thing is, I live a lifestyle of just being very aware of how much I'm having. And I'm aware, you know, you get rid of the holidays, you're like, okay, I've got to move back into a little bit more uh, sensibility for, for my brain health. Uh, because I, I will have headaches or I mean, I'll have lack, I'll have brain fog. I mean, just the doctor made such a difference by saying this eating pattern will transform you. And on the back end, I became a, a, a faster runner than I was on beforehand. And so just in clarity, I feel like I have so much more clarity now. I, I wish I was off the brain meds, but the doctor said, don't ever plan on that. And so out of 
you know, that's probably good. He tells me that because with my mentality, I'd probably say, well, let's give it a shot. And that's not <laughs> loving my family or anything else like that. But you really, so sorry for all that, but it's uh, my sleeping, uh, my, the water. I, I have a, a fairly strict dietary plan and the doctors told me continue with endurance sports. And he goes, because it raises your metabolism and the meds you take want to destroy your metabolism. And wow. so, so, uh, so keeping my metabolism up is really, really important. And fortunately, I, I love running anyway. So, Wow. And I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday, and they were talking about sleep and diet. And these are things that we hear, like, often, <laughs> and not all the time, but we tend to ignore maybe because we hear it so much, we get tired, mm -hmm. like it's a naggy voice. Um, but I was also doing some of my own research. And I found that blood, um, that sugar and bad carbs, actually lower blood flow to certain parts of your brain, especially the part that makes decisions and stuff. So mm -hmm. what you were talking about clarity and stuff that made perfect sense. And mm -hmm. I think we don't realize the impact of, of, you know, sugar in our diet has on not just the body, but the brain itself. Um, so I, I love well, that you brought that up. I, I think I think that's it. I mean, if you had told me prior, like our car, like excess carbs and sugar are bad for your body, I would have said yes. And I, but I never wrestled with the effect on my brain. And the, it made every difference when the doctor said, take this home, read it and do it. And uh, it, it moved me back towards clarity, uh, moved me back towards having a, a creative, a, a creative brain. And so like for today, I, you know, I've woken up super early the last couple of days, just because I wake up early. I know that somewhere in the next two or three days, I'm going to need to get more sleep or otherwise my brain is going to pay the price. Mm, and I like how you said that creative brain. And and the thing is, often, we don't make a change until something happens to us. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, what if we could shift our, our perception or paradigm? Of, you know, what if I could take care of my brain now? So mm -hmm. it, you know, it serves me better, because it, it's like our business partner, it's our personal CEO. And if we're managing that well, just think how we can better manage things around us. So if someone is, let's say they're having a health challenge, mm -hmm. um, and they really like they're at the cusp of something, or they're just really getting that momentum. And it's harder to take time for your health, like it does take time, but they really just want to push through, you know, and just get things done. What would you say to someone who might be going through something yet they still they want to work you know full force full throttle or <laughs> they have to work it's a great question and i want to be careful because I, everyone's battle is their own battle and sure. so I, I don't want it to sound like hey you know i've been through, i mean the people have been through worse things than me but it, it's a great question um i know i'm very i'm very goal driven um, I know what I want and I typically put a pad, I put a schedule to it and that's how I'm able to accomplish certain things. And the things that don't serve those goals, I do everything I can to get rid of. And if I can't seem to get rid of it, I ask myself like, why, why this is entirely in the way of this good thing. Why can't I get rid of it? Um, and I have to remind myself what it is I want and why I want it. And so it, it takes hard conversations, no matter the circumstance, but asking yourself what is it you really really want and 
Do you have agreement with those goals with the people that you love? Like, does the, is the person in your life, do they want that for you as much as you do? Or are they in agreement with you? Or will they at least not get in the way of it? And then it is repetition and repetition of telling yourself every single day, this is what I want and why I want it. And then those things begin to change. Um, I mean, you, you don't eat Pop-Tarts on a, a Coke, which is what I ate in college for breakfast. <laughs> and I loved it, right? I mean, that was fantastic. I don't think I had my first glass of water until I was 25. I mean, but, um, but that won't serve me now at all. It won't serve me in any way. It might taste great. Um, but I got, right, I got rid of that because I know what I want is I want brain clarity. I want to be for my kids. I want to be able to run well. And I, I see that. I mean, I apply that to everything. I apply that to my hobbies. I apply that to my, my spare time. You know, it does it serve the goals? And I, I'm afraid that a lot of time people can't clarify exactly what they want. I mean, if they say, I'd really like to make more money, well, then what does that mean? How much is it? What's it going to take for you to get there? Is that a second job? Is it a new job? What do you have to put into place for that? It's the same thing. I, I really wish I could be more healthy physically. Well, what does that look like? Is that a number? Is it a feeling? Well, then what is it you're willing to get rid of for that? And again, I don't expect everyone to have a personality type like mine, but I do encourage people to reckon what is it you really want and what is it you're willing to get rid of or what are you willing to add to get to that? And then get just supporters in, in around you that agree with you. And they're like, yes, we want this for you too. Um, it really is a blessing when everyone's on the same page in that direction. And those are simple yet powerful questions. Um, there's a really good book coming out. I've already pre-ordered my copy. It's called The Brain is Listening. I was able to kind of get a summary of what it's about. But the idea is your brain is literally listening to the chatter and thoughts in your head all day. Yes, and it's designed that. to do what you've told it. So if it's circling around and no particular direction, you know, your results are going to show that you're not going to, you're going to be busy, super busy, but you may not be reaching or accomplishing your goals. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to narrow in and make it simple, um, brains are really smart and complex, but it does love simplicity. It's like a target, you know, it'll start going towards. So defining I personally found this um, when I started my growth journey about eight or nine years ago, that was a challenge for me. I didn't really know what I wanted. So it, mm -hmm. I had to start with little pieces and then grow from there. Um, but having that clarity is definitely fuel. So tell us, I want to get to the book. So tell oh. us about your most recent book and maybe another project that you're working on. Uh, thank you. The, the most recent book's different for me. I mean, I've written theology. And then I wrote specifically for the eye care industry, but I had never written a book specifically uh, towards sales or a general marketing book. And uh, like many other folks during the lockdown and the quarantine, Amy and I would get together on a Zoom call with two other couples. And so every Saturday night, seven o'clock, the six of us got on the phone, uh, excuse me, got on Zoom. And we were talking about what was going on and, and the potential change for us. And uh, uh, the uh, my friend, she said, hey, Gordon, how do you attract clients? And I thought she was talking about our business. So I went on to all the things we was doing. And she said, no, no, no. I'm just curious. How does anybody attract a client? Because she has a very talented son who's a videographer and he's 18 years old and he's starting this business. And so what I realized is though that sounds like a very simple question, it's actually the question for any business. 
how do you attract clients? So I immediately began writing. And what I wanted to do was to create a, a very simple, straightforward book that any, uh, any small business, large business could just read it and immediately put those steps into place so that you could go attract new clients and customers. So that's how it came about. And one, I, I wanted to help her and her son. Um, but in our community, there, there's great networking groups, there's great educational groups, and I just wanted to get it to as many people as possible. So How to Attract Clients came out um, a couple of months ago, and I was really honored in the uh, category of sales at Amazon. I broke into the top 100, and I was really, that was fantastic. Now, I have to qualify that. That's not a top 100 in sales. That would make me a national bestseller. I mean, like in the category of sales, if that makes sense, I broke into the yes. top 100 and I was really excited about that. And so right now we're trying to grow that and we're going to do seminars on it and create, get, create some um, programs you can purchase on that. Uh, but it's been really, um, it's been really rewarding to see a couple of people we coach implement those procedures and those plans and those steps and actually see their businesses grow. That's been the, the thing that's probably been most rewarding with it. So it's an easy read. If you bump into me locally, if you ask me, I probably got a copy in my bag and I'll just give you one. Um, but yeah, that's how that book came about. It's been a lot. Yeah. Of and you gave me a copy and I read it, I think that afternoon that you gave oh, it good. to me and good. I loved it because it was straight to the point, you know, bottom line, which I really do appreciate in books because it takes a lot of energy to read books these days. So it is a great well, read. Well, thank you. It's a quick read. So thank you. Um, uh, to answer your second question, I have two, uh, two books in the works that I'm working on right now. Um, one uh, that uh, I'm, we're trying to create uh, a book and a program where or people will talk often on social media, you've got to repurpose your content. You've got to repurpose your content, which means find a way to use one piece in multiple uh, avenues. But very rarely do people have uh, a, a plan for that. Like, what does it mean to actually strategize that? So one piece of content becomes 20. And so uh, very soon I've got a book coming out called Capitalize Your Content, uh, which is a step-by-step -step plan where you can create one piece of content and get 20 pieces of content out of it or, or 30. And so uh, I want people to, to be able to look at it, literally create something and then multiply it over and over again. Um, and then with our uh, church coaching business called Church Training Partners, we don't have a name for it, but we're, we're working on a book there. Uh, that's going to be more of a collaborative effort with me and my business partner, Vince. And it's really an organizational system for churches, young churches. Someone says, hey, I love kids. And all of a sudden you're the director of the nursery. That's wonderful, but it's not necessarily an organizational <laughs> plan. And I know that my my methodology, that first church plant was sort of like, hey, you, you're alive and breathing, you're in charge. So trying to create a system that's going to help churches a little bit more with organization. Wow, that's fantastic. Awesome. So how can people connect with you? Oh, uh, thank you. Um, it, for me, you can find me at Gordon Duncan on almost all platforms and uh, on uh Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Uh, so I update Facebook and Instagram probably the most, Twitter daily. Um, my podcast is called um, This Is Gonna Hurt. And so you can find that uh, iTunes or really anywhere else. It's called that because any change is it's gonna hurt to, to make any change in your life. Um, and then uh, the business is Capitalized Marketing and Consulting. And so you can find this on all major platforms there. And then I've got lots of other little things out there, but I, I, there, you can find them when you go to those platforms. But really, you can find me at Gordon Duncan or Capitalized Marketing, either one of those. 
Yeah. And I love the name of your podcast. This is going to hurt. And I immediately got an image of uh, a doctor with a little kid about to stick him with the needle and say, this is going to hurt. <laughs> well, it, it's a common expression, but I will tell you how it relates to me if, if we have time. Um, I don't know if they still do this, but when you break your nose, they pop your nose back into place. And it's it is as painful as the break <laughs> itself. And I had a wonderful doctor's name was Dr. Story. And so I broke my nose seven times. Oh, my. And so I would literally go into his office and go, doctor, I broke my nose again. Like, I just knew I just got so used. So I just led with my face. And he would say that. He was like, this is going to hurt. And I'm like, I know, doc. And so uh, and it's a common expression. But I had to get through that to get better. And I think in business or health or whatever, it, it, you're just going to have to go through pain if you want to achieve your goals. And and sometimes that pain avoidance is what keeps us from, from achieving our goals. I love that. I love that. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for sharing. And for, yeah. And for those of you listening, you might be dealing with a health challenge. You know, what is something you heard today that you need to put into action or an encouragement you received, whether it's dealing directly with the health needs or adapting your schedule so it's more manageable, or perhaps you know someone with a health challenge and you can offer guidance and support. And if you're ready to take a bold step in your life or, you know, find someone to hold you accountable. So thank you for joining us today. Be well.